0: this is the 18th season of bass talk live with your host matt Pangram. btl is brought to you by Lorenz, bass Cat boats afco strike king lures sunline Big Bite Baits, Spro, X-Zone Lures, Gamakatsu, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, and Pro Guide Batteries.
1: BTL, coming at ya!
0: Good morning and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL Bass Talk Live where we are going to talk about bass fishing. Coming off one of the big, like, like one of the most well-known kind of veterans in the industry, yesterday we went two full hours with uh, President of Bass Cat Boats and Yarcraft Rick Pierce. I'd be interested in talking to him about the other side, Yarcraft. We went out, got, we got off air. I was like, "Hey, has there ever been like a commercially marketed brush boat?" You got all these guys. I don't know. Maybe that's too much of a niche thing, but like, you know, I got my buddy, like Jared Miller, and you talk to all these guys who are good and on uh, TVAs and all these fisheries where they're dumping brush. Now you can get into the, you know, in Oklahoma, I think it's legal now, but you have to like announce that you do it with the core. You can't cut wood from the bank there. Then you have to like, I guess, legally show where you dumped the brush, which then kind of defeats the purpose. But uh, anyway, I, I wonder if the market would be big enough for like a, Hey, you are a bass angler. Here is a pontoon type boat that is specifically designed, marketed and sold to you to sink brush. Instead of having guys that are MacGyvering their brush boats and doing all sorts of different stuff with pulleys and, and hydraulics and things like that. I know some of the DNRs, I think Oklahoma's DNR has one that actually it's like, it goes and then the brush slides off of it into the water. But, uh, I don't know. Just a thought that I had. Mark is probably not big enough for that. Before we get into today's show, I do want to mention uh, Mark did a mark after dark last week. He came back. He's all fired up about the SNU bowling program talking about literally he's like, oh, I'm I'm in Iowa doing a recruiting trip. And he's getting like these he's going into the high schools. Here's what Mark's doing because he's trying to start this SNU bowling program as the head coach. Mark Jeffries co-hosted the show started the show 18 years ago just in case you're a new listener he's going in and he's doing like the football thing where he's like going into class and like pulling the kid out of class and giving him like the snu bowling hat and jersey and all that stuff so like i mean this is a kid who like is a he's like a bowling kid and now everyone else, you know, everyone's like, oh, this is super cool. They're pulling him out of class. So he's getting some commitments. But anyway, uh, outside of the commitment, they have a lot of expenses, a lot of stuff over at at uh, SNU. And he put on the front page of BassZone.com, uh, for those of you uh, that haven't been there, just BassZone.com, uh, a way to, uh, to give a pledge or a donation pledge um, and then get two HDS twelves valued at over six thousand dollars for it. So uh, just click on the link on BassOn.com if you have any interest in that. If you're looking for some new graphs, there might be a way that you can uh, do some tax deductions for a donation to the university and kill two birds with one stone and get your uh, get your graph. So all right, today's show it's a it's 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 cool to watch uh a career career start right like i remember i vividly remember watching uh jordan lee like idle out in the national uh championships like in person and and guys being like hey this the, he's this is it this is the guy right here like you don't get an opportunity to see that and i think that over the last couple years we've seen a career start from a guy that's going to be around for a long time and obviously it's like fishing it's kind of hard to tell like what happens in fishing like you're one bite away from being the hero a lot of the times but Tristan McCormick has put himself in position uh to win and be successful enough times over the past two or three years that I don't see that ending any time in the near future what's up Tristan what's going on buddy thanks for uh, thanks for jumping on BTL today
2: yeah, for sure, man. It's always a good time to get on here and uh, BS around, talk about bass fishing, what's new in the world, what's not. And, uh, you know, a lot of guys can take a learning experience from these. And, you know, I watch a lot of podcasts, so it's always fun. I love getting
0: on them. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm kind of dating myself now. It's hard to believe I've been doing this long enough. You know, like the Lee brothers and all that were, were like a generation kind of after me. Like I was kind of around uh, the first, that first generation then even after me, we're talking like the Clint Davises and the Brandon Cards and uh, even like my buddy who fished Chip Porche. He made the Elite Series for a year, but it's just a whole different animal now. And there's enough collegiate events and enough collegiate circuits that as you kind of progress in it, you can kind of pick out, you know, it's not just like a national championship. You can kind of pick out like the teams and the guys that are that are going to stick around for a while.
2: Yeah, for sure, you know, and as as big as the collegiate side's getting and even the high school side, you know, you look at the high school, when I was fishing high school, you know, there's probably 100, 125 boats and now there's three hundred plus in the national championship. So, you know, this younger generation, they're hungry. Um, in the college side of things, I fished five years and you know, there <laughs> there's a bunch of hammers out there and you know, it's just guys like me that love to bass fish. That's what we dedicate ourselves to, our time, our money and you know, and to be better to better yourself, the only way to get better is spend hours and hours and hours on the lake, behind your units, casting. I mean, there's just so much to it and this younger generation, man, they're they're hungry for it for sure.
0: I wanna get right into this. So you're a Bethel dude, you ran the Bethel rap because you won the uh bracket series over a year ago, uh now with the the Bassmaster College series wrap the boat wrap the truck i remember actually like walking you remember right after you got the truck we were down in florida and you were like dude you're like they just like dropped it off and we're like here you go and you had like the brand new wrap boat the brand new wrap truck and you were just trying to figure out how everything worked and get comfortable and that that seems like years ago now but i was just earlier this year up in florida
2: yeah you know it flew by and uh Whee's at toho I, yeah where's at toho and i, was yeah. like, Dude, I can't even figure out how to back this thing up but like, <laughs> i had the boat on it was locking the trailer up i was like what is going
0: on <laughs> i remember i came over and looked at it it's still crazy to me so i guess i guess uh that's one of the deals that, that you get when you win the, the bracket you get your entry fees paid for for all nine of the Bassmaster opens you get a spot in the Bassmaster classic so right there is 26,000 uh 16.2 for open entries plus 10,000 you get kind of put through the ringer with the dynamic uh toyota deal and everything that comes with that and alan mcguckin and those guys over who have done it with the best in the business with dynamic so that's an invaluable experience and then you get to go on the road too that is like that's a hell of a deal man
2: it is and uh you know, people really don't know how much that means to a, a college kid that just graduated like me. And, you know, entry fees are, and expenses are probably the most, two most expensive things that we do. And, um, you know, a dynamic, they gave me a brand new truck, 2022 Tundra, bad to the bone, a brand new boat provided by Bass Pro and Nitro Z20 and $7,500. All entry fees paid for, like you said, in the classic spot. I mean, that's, that's something nobody can ever take away from me, and you know you're guaranteed ten grand for last place in the classic. So, you know, just you look at the numbers and the opportunities. It's just amazing what kind of platform that Bassmaster offers for us younger kids.
0: All right. Um. So everyone talks about oh you get in you get in through the bracket or whatever but i don't think there's a lot of people who actually understand the process to which they were like hey here's the boat here's the truck here's the entry fees and you're in the classic so and i i'm not even sure if i understand it anymore because back you know when i fished collegiately it was just like send your teams you make the national championship go get them there was like 36 teams in my last yeah. national championship on the arkansas yeah. so <laughs> So you start out with your team, and then your team qualifies. And I know it's kind of changing just a, a little bit as it goes, but this is the general way that you got there, right? It's just just step by step. Start out with Bethel, join the Bethel team. You're in college, then you make the or you you fish in the regional, right?
2: Yeah, fish in the regional. I got to finish top twenty percent. Okay, which qualifies you for the national championship. Okay. And then you go to the national championship. You know, 100, I think there was 170 votes in the national championship on the St. Lawrence River. And you got to finish top three or better, first, second, or third to qualify. And, you know, this was a new rule they did when I qualified for a bracket. Team of the year automatically gets the spot. So oh, really? Yeah. So if you win team of the year in the regional events, boom, you're locked into the bracket. So it gets harder because, you know, if you don't win team of the year, there goes another spot. So now you got, you know, even less chance to make it. So first, second, or third, we got second at the national championship. And then a month and a half, usually two months later, we go to a different lake, which is where the bracket is held. And there's four teams, eight guys. There's two guys on each team. So there's eight of us, and we all split up, and it's a 1v1 bracket elimination each day until the last guy is standing. So four days of competition. You know, you beat the guy you're up against, you move on to the next. You beat the guy, and yada, 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 the last one standing, you know, is, is the winner.
0: Was that that deal at – okay, I vividly remember Was that that deal at the Alabama River in the yep. in the current where, like, Edwin had fished before you guys went there?
2: Yeah, below and- Jordan but a Jordan Dam. Did
0: you start out like smashing him or did the guy you were up against start smashing him and you had to make a comeback? There was something weird that happened, I think on the f- final day.
2: Yeah. So, uh, the final day was me and Tucker Smith, Tucker's an, um, an animal, they're fishermen and he's only like 20 years old. So you're going to see him a lot in the, in the future of the sport. But, uh, we started out, we both started at the dam and we you know I was seed. I was seed one and he was seed two. So they seed us back up a little bit. They seed us before the tournament starts. So mm-hmm. basically we go out and practice, but we keep our five biggest fish and we come back and weigh them in. And the guy that has the biggest bag seed one, the guy that has the smallest bag seed eight. So the first day it's seed one versus seed eight and then seed two versus seed seven. So long story short, it was me and Tucker left. We seed one and seed two and we was every day we was fishing below Jordan in the current and we was both whacking them each day and, but the final day, uh, I got to, I got to watch the show. I got to watch a beatdown happen, and Tucker ran off with it. He caught two big ones right off the rip. I was like, ooh, this is not good. I lost two <laughs> or three nice ones, and at the break, it was like he had 10-something pounds, and I had like three. So it was a seven-pound deficit, and I was like, I've got to make something happen, and I ran around. Because, you know, I got I got tired of watching him catch him, so I left, and I probably shouldn't have left, but went and ran some other stuff, didn't take by and come back up there after the period or at the break period. And, uh, man, there was literally like, if you go watch live, there was a 32 minute window where it was just boom, 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 boom. And I caught 11 pounds something and, uh, ended up beating Tucker by three ounces. So, um, and that's another funny story, three ounces. That's kind of like my, my hit or miss, uh, could be glory, could be terrible, won the national or lost the national championship by three ounces, Won the bracket by three ounces at Oneida. I missed the top 10 cut by three ounces. So the three ounce Man. curse is, Man. uh, you know, it could go either way for me.
0: Well, isn't Tucker the dude who won the million dollars in Johnny Morris's tournament. And then didn't yeah. he win like every single high school national championship that he fished in? Yep.
2: Yeah, that's him.
0: <laughs> so he fished the opens this year. I remember seeing him, and he, uh, Kasha a check. He was 23rd at at Hartwell. Is he yep. going to be, he's going to be dominant. I mean, he's what like 20 years old now. He's, is he the next one coming up?
2: Yeah, I could say um, you're definitely going to see a lot of Tucker. He's a very talented kid and um, he was very fortunate. He got to spend a lot of time with Aaron Martin. So, you know, there's, there's no telling what Aaron taught oh him. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> He, he's kind of like one of those spinning rod guru kids. You know, he's really good with his electronics. Um, you know, he came out with that, uh, with Picasso, the, his uh, his ball head for yeah. Domeki Riggin. He just released that. So, you know. Tucker be that did? Young... Yeah, Tucker
0: did. Oh, he's already doing tackle? Yeah,
2: that's what I'm saying. Like, to be that young and, and to already, you know, have your face on a bait, that's pretty stout.
0: Um. All right, I'm trying to figure out where I want to go from here. So we've talked a little bit about the college stuff. Let's stick with, let's stick with this. So we've always talked about like okay, uh we've talked about Bethel, uh Dallas Baptist, McKendree. There's just a couple schools that seem to to really excel, Auburn, some schools that really seem to excel when it comes to collegiate bass fishing. I've glossed this over a lot of the times by just saying, "Oh, they're good. They get the guys." You've seen the inner workings of the dynasty. I mean, it's Bethel is a bass fishing dynasty. Why? What? Why? What are the inner workings on that? What makes Bethel produce a-level talent for the past decade?
2: So I'll say a couple things. Um, you know, when I first got here as a freshman, I noticed right away. There was guys from all over the country. Um up north, down south, midwest, California, you know, just all over the place. And um, you know, I look back and the relationships we had with each other, um, not just here at school, but like on the road, we learned off of each other. And when you get when you are out here on Kentucky Lake back in the glory days and, you know, we're all sling topwaters and traps and, you know, looking at our maps like, you know, why are they sitting here? Why are they doing this? And you got in the boat three or four guys from – not from Kentucky Lake, And they're like, oh, let's go over here to this little place. This looks like something back home. And we pull over there and jack them. And you're like, "You I know, mean, I've never even made a cast here before. Why would, I, why would I even fish this? And then you start, like – you start talking to each other and just, like, brainstorming, basically. And the biggest thing is you – you learn off of each other more than anything. And Bethel has, like I said, again, kids from all over the United States. And when we travel, we, we always helped each other. Um, we always kind of broke down a lake together instead of just, you know, you got 10 boats there and everybody's just all for, you know, all for themselves, not saying anything. Well, I'm going to send you on a wild goose Mm -hmm. chase. I'm catching them on a plop or going down bluffs or whatever. And then you go do it and don't take a bite. Um, but, that's back to the relationship side of things. When you, when you form those relationships and you can trust everybody on the team, I mean, you're going to, you're going to do great as a whole. Um, you know, if, if me and Stevie didn't do good, you know, Cole and Carter might've picked us up or John and Brian Paul. It was, it was just always somebody up there. And, you know, a lot of times those guys can look back and be like, well, you know, Tristan helped me with this or, you know, or Carter and Cole helped me with that. So, you know, that's the cool part of it. I think um, I think that's why kind of we excel. And, I, I mean, of course, the talent. I mean, you got the Cole Floyds, the Cody Huffs. So Cardinals. how do
0: they find those? Is it is it you had one kid that was good at, at Bethel, or did they start offering scholarships, or was there a coach that was super aggressive? Like, I mean, how does that talent all end up at one school and not get dispersed?
2: So there for a while, like, coach would kind of listen to us like hey you know this you need to go after this kid or this kid i went to high school with this kid and he's a freaking hammer um but you know you look back bethel was the first school to offer a scholarship for bass fishing and that's when dewey sims was there um cody zach parker you know those those guys are legends here at bethel and you know zach parker should have won the bracket the first year they had it um he pulled up on his final place, the final day, and there was two local guys catching him every cast because they they've sitting there and watched him. But, you know, back in the day is really where I think why we all wanted to come to Bethel was because of Zach Parker, Dewey Sims, Cody, and all those guys. Cause they Cody were like, Huff? No, no, no. Cody um, – No? No, this was way before Cody Huff. Dewey Sims, Zach Parker, Cody Ross. Okay. So – Cody and Zach like dude I can remember them like I can vividly recall them catching like 42 pounds in a bass tournament and it's I think it's still like in the top three biggest and you're like how
0: old at the time like 14
2: yeah like 13 14 12 and you know just looking back and like seeing that um the talent that was already there and you know this was like before really before like all the big electronics come out like back then i think it was a gen one's little rances that were you know the top of the class back then Mm -hmm. so you know to see those guys doing it with you know with what they had i mean it was it was truly amazing but you know back to the question i think that's the biggest reason why um bethel has such a a a name in the sport for my my group i guess you can say my generation my age group because we got to watch those guys, our idols back in the day, dominate the college field.
0: Okay. So, like, you're a kid. So, like, if you're into golf, you're like watching the guys. If you're into, like, I was into hockey, right? So, I like watched Paul Korea for the yeah. University of Maine. Wanted to go to the University of Maine because of Paul Korea, which is totally bizarre and weird, but I did. So, that's how you, that, so that when you were, this is important because. When you were that age, college fishing was already established enough, already had a big enough of following. There's social media that was around, right? Like, I mean, that was active. And they did a good enough job to get you hooked to where when you were that young, you knew for three or four years this is what I want to do and I want to do what these guys do at the place that they want to do it. Just like you have kids who are in, in high school that want to play ball at OU or want to play ball at, at Kentucky or want to play ball anywhere else. Same exact thing with you fishing with Bethel.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, in, in my – I've said this a couple times, you know, my biggest thing, you know, throughout this whole, this whole program this year – um, was to leave footsteps and to to show to the younger generation that it can be done. Even if you don't grow up in a fishing family, because my family knows absolutely nothing about the sport of bass fishing, I did this all on my own. And you know, that's I just want to prove to the younger generation: if you have goals, if you have something in mind, go chase them. It don't matter what your background is, you know how much you know about it. If you set your mind to something, you can.
0: One thousand percent
2: good accomplishment because I'm living proof of it.
0: Wow! So that so that was the original Zach Parker, Drew Sims, Cody Ross. I've never actually like dove into this, so I'm kind of interested in this. So then uh, other names. So then obviously you have John Garrett,
2: right? Cody Huff.
0: Okay, Cody Huff, KJ Queen. Oh, I keep forgetting that KJ went there. Yeah. Holy Ford. cow! Cole Floyd too. Uh he he's on the BPT. Like he had like one of the craziest years last year ever for a rookie. Yep.
2: Just think of it this way, Matt. There's this year at Knoxville. There's going to be three Bethel University alumni guys there.
0: In the classic.
2: Me, KJ, and Cody.
0: Okay, who else am I missing out of here? We have uh, you, John Garrett, Cody Huff, KJ Queen, uh, Cole Floyd. I know once you start naming names it's a slippery slope so if we leave out someone no no offense but I mean you're talking about a dynasty here I mean this is like naming Alabama running backs Tristan. like seriously yeah. so
2: Garrett Enders is one of them I was actually with him yesterday we were brushing a couple of dirt bonds but you know Garrett was he's got a very very high um high school back in the day like he uh-huh. dominated high school um let's see who else yeah. As far did. as
0: on tour.
2: Oh, on Garrett's not on tour.
0: No, but I meant, is there anyone else that And is there anyone on the team now that's like following you? That's been that's having success? All yeah, right.
2: there's several guys.
0: That's freaking crazy, man. Uh let me show this. So this is another thing, and I wonder, this is uh uh map quest here i don't know why it's showing the chick-fil-a it is showing the chick-fil-a though so there it is right there so like you're right by kentucky lake right Yep. so this is basically the area here this is tennessee yeah but i don't think people realize like Right there is Wheeler. Right here is all of the TVA stuff. Then you go to Nashville and you have all of the Tennessee stuff. Yep. You come down here and you've got Ross Barnett, all the Mississippi stuff, all the Alabama stuff. You're not terribly far from the East Coast stuff as far as the Blueback Lakes and all that. Like when it comes to a location for a bass fishing school, probably Bethel is also 1A on top of that.
2: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, when I, when I was first there, that's when Kentucky Lake was in its prime. That's when we had all the grass, the ledge schools were seven miles long, you know, really, really amazing. You know, it was the number one lake in the country for several years. And, you know, to be able to get out of class at two or three four o'clock and and drive 30 minutes to kentucky lake and go catch 100 bass in an evening on a topwater i mean what more could you ask for and you learn so much from kentucky lake you know it's like 180 miles long and then we you know we was about a good three hours really from you know well just say four hours a good four hours from any of our tva lakes from Gunnersville to wheeler but that's not not
0: far man I am mean, no. 12 hours from them in Oklahoma, yeah. all the other schools, you, I mean, you go to them and it's such a freaking learning curve.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you mean, you know this too, Matt, I mean, how much is there to be learned on a Tennessee river chain?
0: You can learn everything. I mean, dude, look at the number of guys that have made their entire careers that cut their teeth on the TVA. You learn yeah. current, you learn grass, you learn rock, you learn all three species. You learn how the fish set up. You learn about flow. You learn about man-made structure. Top water's drag like cranking. Like that's why the TVA system kicks out so many talented anglers is because it's incredibly versatile and if you're from outside of the TVA like we've seen like you know that's kind of where Seth fighter finally struggled, like first struggled and we're like dude if if that guy could figure out the and then once he figured it out the dude is an absolute animal now like that's where a lot of guys struggle either Florida or the TVA and we're finding that the northern guys don't struggle in Florida because they can apply a lot of the same grass techniques. So where do you struggle then? You struggle on the TVA fisheries yep. if you're not from there and don't understand it. And it seems like there's something that clicks, and once it clicks, you're. You got you're it. And then the schedule too. Like I mean, you're dealing with thirty, forty percent of the schedule in most years because that's the heart. You know, that's the heart of where bass and and MLF have a lot of their derbies.
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure, and the tendency change so long it goes miles and miles and miles and. And like you said, um, like me, I've, I've learned how to fish up north on, you know, the St. Lawrence River <clears throat> due to, you know, the current situation here on the Tennessee River. Because there's a lot of current, smallmouth related current. Everybody knows that. And then I could take those tools that I've learned here in my backyard and drive 20 hours to New York and catching the
0: same But didn't you do that deal where you, like, just went off the grid for a month or two when you knew you had a bunch of derbies coming up up north and just literally lived on the St. Lawrence for, what, a month, month and a half?
2: Yeah, I was... uh, Well, in the last two summers, I've had six months up there.
0: That's the entire summer, by the way. That's, like, their entire season.
2: But, you know, you look at it this way, you know... For a fact, whether it's MLF or bass, they're going up north. That's just just chalk it up, write it down. And for me, you know, I felt like that's where I would struggle. And that's why I spent the time, I dedicated the time up there. Um, I lived at campgrounds literally for months. And I just went out there and learned Ontario, St. Lawrence, Champlain, Oneida. Like those were the lakes I fished. And they're all very un- uh, unique in a different way. You know, Champlain is a big forward-facing sonar place, big top water. Saint Lawrence drifting, of course. Oneida structure, rock piles, and Ontario is just God's. It's, I mean, it's the best thing on God's earth. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what more could you ask for than giant smallmouth, and you can go catch thirty pounds of brown ones? Like, pretty insane
0: it's nuts uh we gotta take a break before we do i uh, want to get in i don't think people uh realize your stats this year uh when you combine you, you fished a, a ton um uh, when you combine was that all you did this year was fish like that's what you i mean no other job or anything you just started you're done, you're done going after. Yeah. okay um so you fished eight of the nine opens. Uh You had one that conflicted with a, a Toyota, and you're in position points-wise with the Toyota, which is what we're going to talk about after break. But you fished eight opens, seven Toyotas, a Toyota championship, and two uh BFLs. So roughly 20, 20 major events uh over the course of the year, which, I mean, a lot of back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Like, numerous times I'd be, like, on social media after you got yours back after getting hacked, which had to suck. But... uh I'd be like, holy cow, he's fishing another derby. Um, and then you know, you, you know, you have a good day, or but you don't really think about it. You so you fish in the classic this year, um, and then you did eight of the opens, seven Toyotas, a championship. You did sixty-seven thousand two hundred thirty-seven dollars with bass, and total, you did ninety-three thousand one hundred ninety-six. Now the classic was a ten thousand dollar check, but this is not like hundred thousand dollar payouts, ten thousand dollar check stuff. This was. Two, three, four thousand dollar checks in a lot of them. You hit a a fifty k lick there, obviously with winning the open on Hartwell. But to do a hundred k in AAA events and fish in the Bassmaster Classic and qualify for the MLF Invitational's and qualify for the twenty twenty three Bassmaster Classic is one of the most impressive, what I would say, AAA seasons uh that I can remember in recent history
2: yeah um now that you say it like that I, <laughs> I hadn't thought of it like that um I can I can look back on the year though and just you know things that really stand out um whether it was decisions or of course like winning Hartwell man it's just been a crazy ride for my first season and um I'm excited to see what comes out of this you know going further into the future because you know this is this is what I want to do um I don't want to work a you know five a five five a day week job you know seven to eight or whatever i this is what I love to do and I'm gonna chase it I might go bankrupt trying um but you know I'm not gonna let nothing stand in my way and of course like I said this is the end goal um just like Matt, you know, we we all love we love the sport of bass fishing. We these little green creatures. We drive all over the country for them, and you know, they can make us cry or they can make us cry of joy. So it's been an amazing year. Um, I'm just excited to see what happens. I'm really excited about the classic though on on the Tennessee is. River.
0: How how much time have you spent on on that stretch of stretch of water? It's been like a enough while. to where you're you. Enough to where you expect to do well.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay.
2: Uh, well, I expect on myself. I'm yeah. Not.
0: Well, I mean, you don't have to go and, like, learn it. It's not, like, yeah. totally foreign to you. Like, you know what you're getting into, which is the biggest hurdle in itself. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And you've experienced a classic before. Mm-hmm. Anything short of a Super 6 disappointing for you in the classic? I, thought, I mean, I obviously, I you it. want to win everything, but, I mean, realistically...
2: You know, my goal is to have a chance the final day. And if I, I'm just going to set the goal, you know, to make the third day. If I'm in 24, 22nd, whatever, I feel like truly it's t- it's a tough fishery. I feel like if you have a chance the final day, or I mean, I'm sorry, if you make the final day, you have a chance. Yeah. I mean, because there's, there's 20 pounds swimming in there everywhere, but they're not hard, they're not easy to get to bite.
0: Yeah. Dude, here's a weird thing, and I just thought about this too. We seem to like run into each other a lot on the water. Have you noticed that? Yeah, <laughs> like a lot, a lot. Yeah. And uh, when I ran into you at uh, where I power pulled down for seven hours and never moved at Chesapeake Bay, um, we kind of came came into it. we were fishing the same stretch of docks, and I ran into you, and you were like, it's just, just this is just amazing how. Crazy and quickly things can change. You weren't having fun. You did not want to be on the Chesapeake Bay fishing that row of docks at the time. You were yeah. ready to get the hell out of there. Yeah. You had realized at that point hey, I'm not, I mean, you hadn't top 10 anything. You were out of it in the points for the overall. You were there because you were the bezel representative for the Carhart Bassmaster or the, was it Strike King? Yeah, Strike King. Bassmaster College Series. And you were ready to get the hell out and go up to the Toyota series up north where you had not done or qualified for anything either. And if you hadn't caught him up there, you're right back where he started the following year, right? Yeah. Yeah. So since that, you go up, you top 10 in the Toyota series, you make the invitationals, then you come back and you win and you top five the last two opens so in that month and a half span you qualify for one of the major tours you win a bass master open you make sixty thousand dollars and you qualify for the 2023 classic in your backyard like you would never have known that when you're just sitting there at at chesapeake bay going this freaking sucks
2: you know dude i never i never thought of it that way um yeah, I remember I could about replay that whole 3 hours right there that
0: whole. Oh dude, you time. were miserable. I turned to my co-angler and I was like, uh, Tristan is not enjoying himself right now.
2: Dude, and it's like 7:30 in the morning.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was
2: early. <laughs> I I'm, like, I'm just ready to leave. But, you know, um that's that's crazy, man. I mean, I I truly didn't think of it like that. And you know, that's that's where it all started.
0: When was that?
2: Oh, gosh. Uh, hold on.
0: I'm looking up the standings. I'm trying to figure out because all of this happened after that, right?
2: I'm pretty sure that was in August at Upper Bay.
0: Yeah. Uh, hold the on. The St. 20... Lawrence
2: was like the first week of September.
0: 2022
2: opens. I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah. September 10th. So between yeah. September 10th and November 1st, so that's literally, yeah, that's 80 days dude like that's crazy how much happened in your life and your career in a month time
2: Yeah, I mean that's, that's just insane
0: alright we're going to take a break uh, when we come back we're going to talk about your, your plans for the for the future for 2023 and beyond obviously beating the mix in the final day of the Bassmaster Classic is there but uh, you've got some decisions to make I think you've been on a couple other podcasts you've kind of mentioned what you were going to do but I, I'm going to kind of push you on it man I want to dive, yeah. into, dive into the decision-making. It's BTL on a Tuesday with uh, two-time Bassmaster Classic qualifier, Tristan McCormick. We'll be back right after this. Your
1: key to better fishing this season is Elite FS, now available at a new lower price. Get Elite FS9 today for $9.99, and we'll throw in a CMAP reveal chart. Our premium mapping solution for free. Elite FS works with all state-of-the-art Loran sonar, from chirp, side-scan, and down-scan imaging with fish reveal to high-resolution active target live sonar. Elite FS9 and CMAP reveal. Offer ends August 31st. The new Puma STS has been redesigned from the ground up. With the angler, design, function, and performance in mind, nothing on this new offering was compromised, and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name. Based on the soft touch series hull that started with the flagship Jaguar, this new model is nimble and performs incredibly well at all speeds with either a 250 or 300 horsepower engine. Featuring a new 96 inch wide body footprint, this hull measures out at 20 foot 7 inches in length. Industry leading design coupled with tournament winning performance, the Puma STS from Basscat. Feel the rush.
3: Hey guys, Gerald Swindle, representing the AFCO Hydronaut. This is the jacket I love wearing when times is tough, and I'm talking about the weather, not the fishing. The jacket, what I like, I got a double cup right here. I can seal up the bottom of my jacket, because when you're fishing, you're holding your arms up, you're bad about getting water that runs downhill. Everything bends good. I'm long arm. Look, it fits very comfortable. My arms are flexible. I've got the speed hood on, pouring down rain. I can get everything zipped up. One thing they did is they made plenty of pocket space. If you ain't got enough pockets in a Hydronaut rain suit, you just got too much stuff. From the water member Brain, that's 30k baby 30 times the reason you ain't gonna get wet super warm if it's cold in the winter time you put on your hydronaut you're gonna be a much more comfortable person if you don't want just look sexy at dairy queen wear your hydronaut we got it from small to 5x most rain gear does not come in that many sizes you got waist adjusting strap we can make it fit you no matter what the environment is we want you to be comfortable we want
1: you to be dry you gotta check it out they ain't gonna let you down the kvd 100 jerkbait 15 different colors. A perfect combination of roll, wiggle, and flash. Increased castability. 3D eyes. Premium black nickel hooks. KVD. Tie one on. Striking lures. Elite Series Pro, Daryl Gleason
4: here. My Pro Guide batteries keep me going on those long tournament days and long practice days. Always plenty of juice. Never fail. The best part about Pro Guide batteries... It's the people behind the company. They have over 40 years' experience in the battery business, keeping all of us fishermen out on the water longer, catching more fish. Check them out at ProGuideBatteries.com.
0: What's up, Bass Talk Live fans? Brandon Polinick here. And ever since I won a couple Bassmaster Elite Series events on X Zone Lures, I've been getting a bunch of questions of what makes them so special and different. And really, the truth is, it's in the details. The little details, things like no cheap fillers in their plastic, that gives you more lifelike action, more realistic and vibrant colors. But don't just take my word for it. Go to www.excellentlures.com
1: and check them out for yourself. Are you looking to install your own fishing electronics? Well, the Bass Tank is here to help you. The solution is the Bass Tank Power Harness it takes the guesswork out of installation no more voltage issues or interference designed by an engineer so that you can get professional results right there in your own garage installation done right with the help of the fast tank power harness you can feel confident knowing that your installation was done right the fast tank power harness give us a call or order yours today at thefastank.com welcome
0: back btl it is a tuesday right yeah, it's Tuesday. BTL on a Tuesday, November yeah. 15th with Tristan McCormick. Do you think there's a clutch gene in fishing? Like, were you really good at other sports? Were you always the guy who could sink the, the free throw or like that? Or So listen, there's two sides of it. There's a clutch gene. There's guys who are just destined to be great. They're going to make the right decisions. And when they have that opportunity, they're going to rise to it on the final day. There are guys who are pessimistic and they wilt under pressure, and they'll never be able to never be able to succeed because they can't handle it and then there's the thought, which is where I sit in the middle, which is if you give yourself enough opportunities to succeed and do things right, eventually it will come to fruition. Where do you sit under that there do you believe in any of that stuff because I mean you're you're pretty clutch right now, it looks like
2: um yeah, I definitely I definitely think there's something to that, um, you know, growing up, like I, I, I feel like I can handle pressure really well because um, flashback to my younger years when I wasn't bass fishing. Um, I grew up riding horses all over the country. Um, I did team pen and ranch sorting, if anybody has any idea what that is. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I grew up. Is that riding- like
0: Yellowstone stuff?
2: No, that's raining.
0: OK, um, so what is it?
2: So it, it's basically well you're thinking of roping too, but team penning's like long story short you're chasing around a bunch of cattle basically. Um, you got thirty head of cattle they're all numbered zero through nine they're on one end of the arena. You got a team of three you cross the foul line they call out cattle number four you got to go get all three of the number fours and go pin them in the end of the arena on the at a pin in under sixty seconds without any of the other twenty seven head of cattle crossing the line.
0: All right, so you were. Fairly yeah. decent at that.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, I did it all my life. Um, I've got five, five world show titles. Um, Road in the Calgary Stampede in Canada. You know that, that's all I did. You know, um, I was homeschooled basically. I went to school, but I was basically homeschooled. Traveled every single day. How do I, mean, I by not the know that? Well, I don't really talk about it that much. But you know, I was. I think I was by the time I was ten done been to 41 states um competing traveling so uh yeah you know that that's that's a background of me um I rode in front of the PBR finals in Las Vegas in front of 85,000 people we had our top 10 there and we actually ended up winning that event and that was crazy to be in front of 85,000 people and you know, chased around a bunch of cattle. So, you know, it was, it was crazy. I was nine years old at that time. So
0: Um, you've been groomed for traveling and under pressure and having very expensive things where things are always going wrong and it, and, and, and adjusting on the fly. I mean, like my, my girlfriend's a very serious barrel racer. Like it has been and travels all over and all that. So I, I kind of get the horse thing. And if you can handle horses, like, it's like you could go out, You could go out to your boat. It'd be like if you went out to your boat at any morning and the motor was just missing. And it was like, yeah, "Yeah, the motor just decided to leave. Like, that could happen at any point with the horse. And then it's not like you can get a new boat. It's like, oh, well, this is my boat and it's the only boat I have, so I guess I'm just not fishing today. So you've dealt with, like, stuff that's way more stressful than bass fishing for your whole life. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean...
2: Just that, and that like I feel like that's what helps me the most. Like going into a top ten, you know, the final day, you know, I'm just doing my thing. You know, there's nothing to it. And at like so, for instance, at Rayburn, um, the first day, I was like boat eighty, and I was like one of the last guys to put in. They were already calling out numbers, and my were back man, I started the motor. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. and then it finally started, and I was like, something ain't right, dude. So, I started it again. I was like, dude, there's something bad wrong with this motor. And I'm like, well, crap, you know. Um, So, I called Joe at Mercury. He was like, hey, bring it over here to the trailer. And I loaded it back up real quick. Drove it over the trailer. Pulled the cowl off of it. He hooked the computer up to it. And it was a little bitty sensor that popped loose. And I was like, oh, he plugged it back in. You're good to go. Threw the cowl back on it, went and dumped it. And I think I was idling up when they was calling my boat number out. So, you know. There's just certain things um, you can't control. Like, how did I know that was going to happen? Um, you just got to you gotta stay focused. Um, even if, you know, if I would have missed it by 30 minutes or an hour, I mean, I still wouldn't have let it get to me. Because, um, you know, little things like that can ruin your mm-hmm. whole day, your whole outcome. Or, you know, pulling up to what you think in your mind is your best hole and there's three boats sitting on the first day of the tournament. And then, like, your your brain's shot but you, you know, you got to know how to adapt. You're like, Oh, okay, whatever. You know, maybe I can come back to it at noon. There'll be nobody there and I am catching behind all those guys or whatever, or I'm going to go fish new water and break down another section of the lake that hadn't even been to. And you could go in a tournament there doing that. So, you know, I I do feel like that really, um, my younger career riding horses, it's kind of led me up to this, um, pressure wise, um, traveling for sure, because, you know, I'm, there's so many miles of traveling we do and, you know, 40, 50,000 miles a year and being by yourself, um, you know, it, all this stuff leads up to it. There's a lot of sacrifices, a lot of commitments. And one, you got to have the support group in your back pocket. Like we all do, our families, our sponsors, we definitely couldn't do it without them. But, you know, like I said, again, it's, I feel like that's really what's kind of prepared me. And I, I've kind of like noticed that in the last couple of, months really you know going into a top 10 or whatever and just being cool like usually i'm crapping my pants you know scared to death
0: <laughs> you know? yeah it's like it doesn't even phase it, you
2: it's just another day you know it's just like you know we all got a job to do um still our goals are the same you know try to go win but like i said you know you got to control what you can control
1: mm-hmm
0: uh twenty twenty three You have the Bassmaster Classic, but you also finished fourth in the Toyota Series Northern Division. We talked about your kind of affinity for up north and how much time you spent there. Uh, Potomac River, fifth place. Lake Champlain, uh, 44th place. And St. Lawrence River, 10th place. You actually, which is very hard to do, you cash a check in all three uh, of those events and finish fourth, which garnered you an invitation to the revamped. MLF Pro Circuit, which is now the Invitational's. Uh, so, really, what your your options are is Invitational's, all nine Opens. Invitational's are all nine Opens. Those are your options for twenty twenty three, and you're going Invitational's.
2: Yeah, so I'm gonna harp on this for a minute. Um, <clears throat> the end goal for me, of course, is the Bassmaster Elite's. There is once you experience that Bassmaster Classic. There's nothing like it. There's not one championship that's anywhere relatively close to the Bassmaster Classic. When you're behind the stage, when you're fishing in it, you know, all the things that lead up to it, it's the greatest bass fishing tournament on the face of this earth. I do not care what anybody says. Um, so here's, here's, here's why I'm doing this. I'm going to fish the invitationals and, you know, six to nine Toyotas. Um, I'm doing that because I went out and qualified for the the revamped pro circuit, quote-unquote, invitationals. And, you know, for me, I feel like I accomplished my goal because, you know, I set a quest beginning of this year in 2022 to qualify for a professional league. So what I'm saying is I'm going to fish the invitationals, Um, see how it goes. I may like it. I may like it. I may hate it. You know, but here's the thing. The Bassmaster Opens are always there. I can always go back and fish the Bassmaster Opens. I can't always go back and fish the Invitationals. So, you know, that's 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 my harp on it. Um, and I was talking earlier, me and Matt, you know, I love bass fishing. I don't, you know, I don't hate MLF. I don't hate bass. I, I'm just a guy. If You just want to fish. It was a, it, yeah, if it was a perfect world... Dude, I'd fish both of them. I'd fish all nine Opens and all the Invitational's Toyotas. Dude, I'd fish thirty tournaments if I could. And you know, just just because I love the sport, I love I love the competition. I love being out there. I love chasing those bass traveling all across the country. But yeah, so that you know, that's what I'm doing. Um, of course, like I said, you know, my end goal could be in three years, could be in ten years, could be in two years, five years, whatever is the Bassmaster Elite's
0: uh sponsorship wise it seems like you've done a really good job of transferring collegiate success and what you've done outside the following year we see some guys who you know they've got their year and then they move on but it seems like you looking into advance have developed some lasting relationships with companies
2: yeah um the, the relationship i have with my sponsors um, not just one over the other, but like just all of them, you know, I feel like <clears throat> I have the tightest group of, of sponsorship organizations, companies that, you know, are like family, you know, you could call these guys at midnight, you could call them at six in the morning, anytime, and they're going to answer you, you know, King and lose, you know, Brubaker, there's so many guys over there. Um, that I could call anytime, not, not just talking fishing wise, you know, if I need life help, something on a house Mm -hmm. or a car pay. you know, anything you could call these guys. And that, that's, that's something special. You know, that's instead of just, you know, working for a company like, all right, well, I got to do three social media posts a month you know, whatever, I hate this. And it's, it's easier for, and this is for, you know, the younger guys too, that watch this on BTL, To have a sponsor, you gotta love what the sponsor has. Product wise. If you don't love the product, you're gonna be a terrible representative for that company. And I think that's the big that's where you see a lot of guys struggle. That's where you see a lot of guys, you know, bouncing around sponsorships because they hate what they're doing. If you don't like putting social media posts on a Strike King six X D or you know, if you don't like the six X D, you're not gonna be good at it. you're not going mm-hmm. to want to post you're not going to want to share these little tips to you know social media that might help guys catch more fish and you know i feel like for me you know and growing further into the sport further into my future and my career i'm looking for companies that i love their product
0: uh i've told a story before about how we kind of met at a random hotel and I thought you were like 30 years old and like, you're doing the same thing as me. And then you're like, no, dude, I'm uh, yeah. 19. I was like, okay. But then after that, I saw you at, at ICAS, at Bassmaster Classic at outdoor events. This was before you were college bracket champion before you were doing all of this stuff you grinded really hard like i'd always see you in either like the blazer booth or the Seaclair power booth or a number and you were always there talking to people who at the they didn't they didn't know who you were you were just yeah. there working the show for your sponsors and like every single day like you were always in the stuff which i think is really underrated because now they you know they'll see you at, a, at, at an iCast or at an event or at a show. Well, yeah, that's Tristan McCormick. Look what he's done. He's done this. He's won. He's got the two classics now. But I think it's key for the listeners, for the younger, if there's younger people listening, like you were doing that, like you were laying the groundwork for that long before the success came on the water like it has over the last couple of years.
2: Yeah, you know, and like you just said, you got you got to get your feet wet before you jump, you know, face first into the water. You know, working the shows growing up, um, you know, like you said before, anybody really knew who I was, and it and it goes back to what I said, you got to love the product to go work those shows. You know, I don't care if, if there's 5,000 people on that show, nobody knows me, but I'm going to try to sell something to somebody, you know, and I might sell 100, I might not sell anything, but... You know, talking to the people just about the product, whether it's a sea C-Clear or a boat manufacturer, whatever, reels, rods, you've got to love what you represent. And I mean, I'm a harp on that over and over and over. It's not just for the sticker on the side of your boat or on your jersey. It's doing what you love and doing what you love to do with a product that you love. And that was a lot of words right there.
0: <laughs> no, that's really important stuff. Right, that's something that uh, there's people out here go. Well, how do I get to that point? It, it's there's so much. It's like a iceberg, right? There's yeah. so much stuff. Very rarely in the sport do you see someone go there's t- at the top, right? There has to be a foundation for lasting because there's so many uncontrollable variables in bass fishing. Like you can have two or three good tournaments. You could make a classic. You could win an open. You could win a Toyota Series. But in order to have <laughs> longevity and lasting like there's no one in the sport that hasn't gone through challenges and if you just jump onto the scene and expect to be right at the top without building the foundation dude you're you're gone after a bad year because you don't have yeah. the the backing and the support and and the knowledge and experience to survive
2: yeah so i'll go back to you know back to the show side of things and the working side so if anybody has ever watched, Matt, you probably have, Kevin Van Dam at, like, a show. The whole entire time, there's a camera in his face shooting videos on his jerk baits or whatever bait. He hates doing those. But you know what? He's got to do them because he loves his product. And, you know, what if it's Kevin Van Dam? But, you know, like you were saying, you might go have a bad year, but the companies will look at what you've done for them. The companies will look at, you know, well, Tristan come and worked, yada, yada shows. You know, he was here. He was there. He he done a lot for our company. And in and, and the sport of bass fishing, it's not all about catching fish. If you're going to make a career out of this, it's not about, you know, well, you got to win every tournament. Yeah, that's the icing on top of the cake. But I always say, and I learned this from Cody Meyer, he says, and I will I'll never, ever, ever, ever forget it. He said, Tristan, the sport of bass fishing is 80-20. 20% fishing, 80% business. And for the younger generation, that's that's what you got to get through your head. You got to represent your company. You got to go work. Yeah, you know, a lot of guys might not like it going to work shows, but you have to because that's your sacrifice. That's your commitment to these companies. And that's, that's why you're there to represent Strike King or, you know, to go represent Louis or a boat manufacturer. That's why you're there is to sell their product, to grow their name, and, you know, you can grow your name there with them like me. You know, I'm growing my name with Strike King and Louis. So that's that's the biggest thing I can
1: harp on. All
0: right, we're going to take our final break of the show. When we come back, I've got Ken Duke coming on the show tomorrow. Ken Duke does not believe in momentum. Statistically, he does not believe <laughs> That just because you won a tournament means you're going to catch him the next tournament and that that confidence and high will ride on to the next one. I'm 99% sure he doesn't. I believe, yeah, because I've had arguments with him like multiple times on the show. You were a guy we just talked about in the first, uh, in the last, uh, the first segment before we went to break. You had everything on the plate in front of you and you went dunk, 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 dunk in the last, there had to be some momentum involved there, didn't there, Tristan?
4: For sure, for sure. All
0: right. We'll talk about that when we come back. BTL on a Tuesday with Tristan McCormick. We'll be back right after this. Have you considered purchasing new electronics for your rig? The type of mounts you choose to protect your investment should be part of the decision-making process. No matter if you prefer one, two, or three graphs up front, Beatdown Outdoors has a solution for you. Adjustable, versatile, rigid, and made in the USA. What's your ultimate electronic setup? Check out the full selection of Beatdown Outdoors products by visiting BeatdownOutdoors.com.
3: The new Android series is the peak of the Denali lineup and offers the ultimate Denali experience. The Android series features 36-ton multidirectional graphite combined with interlock blank technology for added strength. Each rod is outfitted with royal titanium guides that will not fail. The blank is fitted into an easy-touch, soft-feel EVA foam grip with exposed blank reel seat. This all allows the Android to transmit every movement of your bait and even the most subtle bites. The Android series is the finest rod Denali has ever made and offers an angler the ultimate fishing experience with a limited lifetime warranty. See the full lineup of Android rods at DenaliRods.com. Vibrating jigs are a great choice for any time of year, and the Kamikaze Swim-On is a perfect match for any vibrating jig. Two sizes and the unique tail design gives it a bait fish profile and a great swimming action for realism. There are 17 colors. See them all at BigBiteBaits.com.
4: The Spro Little John Crankbait has been around for almost 15 years, and it is one of my go-to crankbaits whenever I need a fish in the boat, so you can never have enough new colors. That's why spro's coming out with a handful of new colors including pearl shad which has this bleached out white look but it's got this pearlescent really really pretty we've got copper shad which looks amazing in the water it's got that purple flake on the back really really pops in the water and then if you want some real pop we've got sparkle shad nothing but sparkles all over this thing and then last but not least we've got The Matte Sexy Shad, just a really different-looking color for a crankbait. So you want to give them a little different look, that Matte Sexy Shad is definitely the one to go with. All these colors are available in the original Little John and the MD.
1: Combining one of the most popular hook styles with Gamakatsu's beefier Superline offering, the Gamakatsu Superline Offset Round Bend delivers the strength necessary to target big fish in heavy cover. Well-suited for braided line and heavier fluorocarbon, the Gamakatsu Superline Offset Round Bend is built using stronger Superline wire that allows anglers to easily fish a finesse worm around heavy cover. The Round Bend offers a larger bite area perfect for any worm presentation while increasing your hook-up ratios. The newly enhanced Z-Band holds your plastics on the hook longer reducing the number of pull-offs and reducing damage to plastics. Available in 2-0, 3-0, 4-0, and 5-0, this is the most durable worm hook designed for heavier lines that hold your bait on longer. Preparation is key to success. And that preparation starts well before you ever hit the water. You're only as strong as your connection to the fish and your line is that critical connection confidence in your line every minute of every day on the water is a necessity and failure it's not an option sunline makes the fluorocarbon nylon and braided lines to give you the strength to guarantee your confidence
0: all right welcome back final segment of uh BTL. i haven't even mentioned didn't you also get engaged this summer
1: yeah
2: <laughs> yeah <a> crazy year <laughs>
0: And you're 24 now? Yeah. Old and wise at 24.
2: Old and wise, buddy. Dude,
0: that's a hell of a year. I feel like you'll look back on... I feel like you'll look back on this year in like 20, 30 years and be like, dude, 2022 was a frickin' year, man.
2: Yeah, it was a banger.
0: (laughs) I mean, who knows? Maybe you might like win a classic and a... Well, you can't win a championship this year. You could win a Yeah, you're not fishing. You could win a classic and an angler of the year this year. Be crazy. That'd be a heck of a thing to do. All right, let's talk momentum. Uh, Back to back, you went Hartwell, won at Hartwell, went to Sam Rayburn, almost won at Sam Rayburn, went to the Toyota Championship twenty bagger on Guntersville day one. Not so good on day two, but that happens it happened to like 90 percent of the guys who had 20 pounds what was the deal with that by the way like how did so many of the guys in the top 10 just come in with like one or two on the second day
2: i think a lot of like a lot of us were doing kind of the same thing um it was a gamble but i mean back like you were saying it's a championship why not gamble um there was 200 plus thousand dollars on the line you know I'm, I'm not gonna go in that tournament and be like oh you know let's try to cut a check here you know <clears throat> going in that tournament, it was one objective, just like the classic, and that's when. But yeah, I don't know, dude. It was I got set back to reality real quick. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> but you know, Mo- like I said, it's part of it.
0: Momentum-wise, though, I mean, are do you feel? Did you feel it? Are you were you feeling it? Was it? Did you know that you were going to go out and catch him because you had caught him at the previous lake? Did you feel the momentum coursing through your veins with every cast?
2: You know, I didn't know I was gonna catch them in that Gunnersville tournament, but you know, let's back up to the Hartwell. I won there, and going into Rayburn, I've already got a win underneath my belt. So I was like, "Let's go gamble. Let's go do what you love to do. Let's just go fishing." I mean, dude, I mean, I'm pretty sure I talked to you at Rayburn. I was, I got like three keeper bites a day. But, you know, it's everyone says and I, I think there's a lot of momentum in it, but I think the biggest reasoning why guys go on a, a boom, 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 boom stretch, you know, do really good, is because they're fishing free. Because all your brain cells are clicking. You're you're making the right the right calls, the right adjustments, the right bait changes, the the right area changes. And momentum is you know, like I'm saying, I think it's definitely a thing, but the biggest thing is like I just said, you know, everything's clicking, you're you're rolling, you're you're doing everything you can, and it's working. So, I mean that's my take on it. Um I don't know what a lot of guys think about it. I mean, all you hear Mercer say is momentum, momentum. I mean, you look at Brandon Lester, he won the first open. He freed him up all year. In the elites, he's already going to the Classic, you know, done. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's go in and gets second. He almost wins Angler of the Year to Paul. You know, so I, I think that's definitely a thing. And same way with Christy, you know, he won the Classic in 2022. Well, what? At Chickamauga, he goes and wins it, you know. So, I mean, it, just, it frees you up to go fishing, to not have to worry about, well, dude, if my, you know, if we don't get above a top 40, we're done in Angler of the Year or we're out of the Elite Series. You know what I mean? You start oh, yeah. thinking stuff like that. Like, that's not fun. No, it's not fun at all. I had
0: fun like three days this year and it was the last three days of the year. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, I did not enjoy the first seven. Like, I mean, it was just like a lot of self hate and, and, and poor inward reflection on myself. Like, I mean, I let it affect me. Then I started pushing and then, you know, you lose a fish and you're, it's then you go to, to, uh, uh, to like abject complacency where you're like, well, of course I lost the big fish. I've lost every damn big fish I've hooked this year. And then you end up where we, you know, meet each other at the, at the boat dock. And, you know, it's almost like a joke when you are like, do you got them? And I'm like, no, heck no, I don't have them. I, don't have, I haven't had them all freaking year. But then it turns around and you're like, like literally that little button that goes like, that was easy. Like you I got off the water at Hartwell and I was like, Damn, I felt like fifth place was like a really bad day after the first day. And I just so happened to see you on the water the first day. And I had like 15 and change and was feeling really good about myself early in the day. And, you know, we roll up on literally the same point, which I never freaking caught when they're in the tournament, which really pissed me off. Cause I thought that yeah. was going to be, that was like a, a hole. They were there. Help. There were some there in practice, but I think maybe there were three or four of us running it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, you got him, and you're like, oh, and you know, uh, right at 16. And I am looking at my co and I'm like, crap, we've talked to one guy, and I'm already in second. <laughs> um, But I, like, enjoyed that day. Like, I lost yeah. one that day. No big deal. Like, I mean, I enjoyed that day. I enjoyed the second day. I enjoyed Rayburn. Like, I had fun, and guess what? I cashed checks there because I was out of the points. I had nothing It didn't even matter.
2: <clears throat> you know, looking back, you might say the same thing, Matt, you know, and and you've you've experienced the opens, and for me, I haven't. You know, this is my first year. Um, looking back at the beginning of the season, I think, well, I don't think I know that I push myself way too hard. Um, meaning that you know, if I have won by tournament, I'm screwed,
0: mm-hmm.
2: which is one thousand percent the case. Yeah. but you know, in your mind, like. Like we were saying, you know, the fish free, the fun days, like, you know, who cares if you lose a three pounder on Hartwell? you know, we knew we was going to get more three pound bites and it's no big deal. But, you know, looking back at the first couple of tournaments a year, I mean, dude, I was in like a hundred something place, like the first three right out the gate. Mm -hmm. And I was like, gosh, damn it. You know? Um, but looking back, I wish I would have approached that differently. Um, made some i don't even know different calls but like just relaxed a little more have fun
0: but you have to go through that to know that don't you you have to go through it tense and make the mistakes and make it and then have the success and then have the wherewithal to look back. Like, I feel like everything you, you do next year, you'll look like if you're growing as an angler, you should look back on everything in the past and go, I wish I knew now what I knew then. And I I can't believe I made, even in tournaments where you make good decisions, that's growing as an angler. I think you're in trouble as an angler when you look back and you're like, damn, I was really good 10 years ago, or I was really good three years ago and I'm not good now. Like if you look back and don't go, what the heck was I thinking? Yeah. That means you're not growing, in my opinion. Do you agree?
2: I agree 1,000%. And like you said, you know, I had to, I had to learn that the hard way, what I learned in the first couple tournaments. I mean, I, I didn't know what to expect. And, you know, like you said, I could look back on it when I go fish the Opens next year or whenever I do to try to go qualify for the elites. You know, I can look back and be like, well, I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm going to go have fun, and I'm going to go lay everything out there. And if it happens, it happens. And I'm going to have fun. That's the biggest motto for me is, one, control what you can't control, what's in your circle, and two, have fun. Because, you know, one thing, our, who knows how long we're going to be able to do this, you know? Um, something could happen to me today, and I, you know, or whatever, you know? So every day on the water, I feel like, is got to be enjoyable and fun because we're doing what we love to do you know back to what we said earlier you know we'd love traveling across the country seeing new places catching fish and and that's that's a big big thing i think
0: that's good stuff uh hey i want to end this like obviously everyone talks about your hair and stuff just like everyone talks about terry scroggins being able to cook and every you know what i mean like it's a thing but i think i have two that maybe you have not come across yet as far as who you look like or the hair or anything. Because I think yeah. you've heard it all, right? Like who do you who who do you most often get
2: compared to? The caveman.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um this is before your time. Hi, I'm Marty Stofer and welcome to Wild America. Do you remember, remember that on PBS with the two Rams, that would be, and then the music would come on like as a young child, that would get me jacked up. I'd be like (laughs) running around the living room, like headbutting the couch and stuff. Like when the wild America music starts, hi, I'm Marty Stouffer. And today we're in the Rocky mountains.
2: Oh Oh, gosh. Uh,
0: there it is right there. That's, that's pretty good right there. Is it not?
2: pretty
0: stout. Have you heard a Marty Stouffer comparison before?
2: I have not. That's okay, a new that's
0: one. a new one. Um, this one you probably have. And I don't know why the screen is so big, but it is. You big Little House on the Prairie fan? Oh, yeah. Have you heard? Have you gotten this comparison to Michael Landon before?
2: I have. That's
0: Look at this book. one. Look at this one. There it is. i mean that's a pretty good one is it not
2: i mean hey if i look like that when i'm 50 i'll take it
0: (laughs) yeah so this might seem a little bit i gotta pull your website up then because you also have a full-on website so if i pull your website up this makes a lot more sense then your, your lead photo on your website cracks me up. <laughs> you look like you're very... There it is right there. Yep,
2: yeah, that's her.
0: <laughs> but, uh, where's your gallery? There was one... There was one that was exactly like Michael Landon. I mean, it was so so close to Michael Landon, it was joking, but... Alright, I wanted to sh- share those because every time every time I see you, I think Marty Stouffer's Wild America with the trumpet playing and the two rams banging into each other. I can't help it. One. It's like ingrained into my head. The <laughs> same thing is like in Fisherman TV, you yep. know, we now go to Lake of the Woods. I've been working on getting his name's Barry Brulin, I believe, who does the voice of in Fisherman. I've been trying to work on getting him on the show. So like that's seared into my childhood. Uh, and then also good. Midwest outdoors. Cause I grew up in mm. Illinois. That's awesome. That's <laughs> <You got laughs> awesome. You got anything else you want to get in here, Tristan, before we close it?
2: No, I think we had all some good stuff, man. You know, um, there's some good things out there for the younger generation and, uh, no, I liked it. It was fun
0: good stuff. Thank you for jumping on. We've had some extended versions of BTL this week, uh, and I'm sure we're probably going to go long with Ken Duke tomorrow. I have not had him on in a couple months. We'll ask him about the momentum thing. I'm more of Tristan on this one. I don't care what the numbers say. There is such a thing as momentum. You uh, rode it high and rode it well for the duration of the season, and we will see you uh, when the – Invitationals kick off and then also at the bassmaster Classic in 2023 Tristan McCormick thank you for jumping on BTL
2: thanks a lot brother enjoy it
0: we'll be back Ken Duke tomorrow Uncle Frank on Thursday we'll see you tomorrow